Well, welcome to another episode of the Grazing Sheep Podcast. I'm your host, Big Tom Perkins, along with Dr. Cameron Meyerly. And uh, we're going to kick off Season 3 here. And uh, it's coming into winter. We're coming up to our conferences and all that fun stuff. Are you going to the uh, Ohio Shepherds Symposium? Yeah, I'm certainly going to try since it's uh, <laughs> where I live. Um feel like it's good to, to go up and represent and uh, get to pal around and discuss with other producers in the same region. I think that's important. And then also uh, the ASI convention has moved up to to early January and planning to head out there. Yeah, that symposium is, uh, what, December 2nd, I think. Yeah, I think by the time this comes out, you'll have about four days to get to get everything signed get there, up and yeah. get over there. But so I, so I thought I should bring it up. I should have brought it up last week. But, and right. then uh, the Ohio Grazing Conference is the last uh, Thursday and Friday of January. And, and uh, why do you know that that one's going on? Because I'm actually speaking there. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah that's in Mount right. Hope, Ohio. So yeah. You want to come out? Come on out! I'm the last speaker of the of the day on Friday. Yeah, and you had gone last year, correct? And pretty good information. Yeah, there was man. I couldn't believe how many people were there. I bet there was a thousand people there. Yeah, it was insane how many people were there. And the food was fantastic. And I think it's like uh, thirty five or forty dollars for for two days. Oh wow! So super affordable. It's super affordable, and the if you don't listen to anybody all day, just the the food that was there was just worth it. There was food out all day long. They just kept putting really out. Oh my goodness! Yeah, at yeah, lunchtime I wasn't even hungry. I didn't even eat dinner the the first night because there was I just eaten all day. It was insane. So I'm not speaking at the uh, Ohio Shepherd Symposium. I'm just going to sit there quietly. Quietly, yeah, and it's nice. Uh, I know. I, I think we both were in attendance last year. You know, you find your your kind of like minded producers, and you end up just finding those clicks and yeah, discussing discussing for the whole day. And I think this year it's only a one day event. Um, yes, but should should be good. They've got a a lineup of of talks scheduled for. Um, for that Saturday, I think mostly focusing around nutrition and and should be good. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. And like you said, we're gonna try to try to get up there and and see you on that Saturday. But for thirty, forty bucks at the the grazing conference, I might have to to look into that. It's an event. It's worth going. It it really is. It is heavily uh attended by the Amish community. Yep, plain sect. So much so that when I walked in, I thought, is this an Amish only thing? Am I not supposed yeah. to do it? <laughs> Great. That's too funny. Yeah, we need to get you a hat. Yeah. One of those hats and well, I'd, it, have to, I'd have to shave my mustache off. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to get rid of the mustache, and you could either go with the black or blue toboggan. Yeah. Uh, or you could go with the straw, the traditional the traditional hat yeah um or you know one of the interesting things and this is way off 
topic here, but uh, during my time at, at Penn State, down in the southeastern part of the state, um, what I referred to as the Amish Mafia, because I had never seen, there's a, a plain sect of, um, I don't know if you'd call it a, a denomination that wears a woven fedora. Oh, yeah. And I hit totally threw me off guard because yeah. um, it was like yeah this is we do not have these where i where i grew <laughs> up like i've not seen one of these before um no, i don't think i've seen that we have plenty of homage but um it was very interesting all the different kind of breakdowns of that that group of people but a lot of good sheep producers within that within that group yeah so it's uh so part of why i bring this up is because I had planned my lambing season around conference season. Oh, really? Yeah. So the goal is to have all my lambing not start until I get back from uh, Mount Hope for the Ohio Grazing Conference and have all my lambing done with that first group by the time I go to the Appalachian Grazing Conference and in uh, down the uh, Oh, not WBU. Was it Morgantown? Yeah. And I think it's there every year. Is that correct? No, that's every other year. Every other year. Okay. Yeah. So this year it's on. Um, Fred Provenza is their featured speaker. Keynote speaker, I guess. Okay. He's, he's always interesting to listen to. And then... Might have to run down and do a... Do a podcast live from that. We could. We absolutely could. And then... Uh, and that's in March? Yeah, and then I think I think it's the week after that is the Western PA Grazing Conference. Yeah, which again, if we have any listeners from from Pennsylvania, I'm not going to say just Western Pennsylvania uh, or even Eastern Ohio. I know I spoke at that meeting last year, and yeah, I'm very pleased at the overall size and and just how that group carried out yep. carried out that meeting. Um, and then, so when I get back from that. I should start into my second lambing season. Okay. So you're looking, you've got you lambs getting bred right now, correct? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So that, that should be, uh, oh, I should, should have a couple of weeks and then those lambs will start to drop, but. Okay. That's kind of where we're at. And so it's funny because, you know, we, we did a, an episode or two where we talked about, uh, you know, a year, and kind of all the things you you do in that year, and that's one of the things I purposefully did was watch what I was putting rams in, because the last thing I want to do is be you know 100, 150 miles from home and lambs are dropping. Right, right, and a lot of it too has to go into getting stuff set up for yeah. that lambing season, and so this is probably the first year. Normally, I'd be kind of scrambling um and we're still far enough ahead it's late november uh, far enough ahead that wouldn't be scrambling too much but used to try like growing up to get a decent number of sheep bred during july so that they would lamb over christmas break okay because i knew i had the time out of school uh or you know home from from college to to get to the lambing barn and and pay attention to that 
management time of year because we were out of school. So, so, um, you know, shop for that. Now at this point, we're not, the direction we're going doesn't make sense for us to, to lamb in December. Um, at least this year we might do it again because I actually very much enjoy it. You know, you kind of get it done. Those lambs are up and going and ready to either graze the U lambs or, uh, all those Ram lambs are out the door for, for that Easter market. But this year we pushed it back. Um, NSIP flock late, late February commercial use into April. And, uh, it's kind of nice. I've got time to finish up some projects and get the barn set up and ready to go in a fashion that isn't so last minute. So I still have time to put it off and, and that might, that might happen, but, <laughs> uh, we'll see at least, at least we've allowed our time to allow some time to get some of that stuff done. But yeah, we've got, uh, about a week and a half left of that cycle to get these ewe lambs bred. Then they're going to come out of the barn and they're going to go up with the main flock. And then we'll run that main flock till about January 10th or 15th, somewhere in there. And then we'll separate those out again and bring that, the, uh, the, that first group down and start grazing them close to the barn so we can, Gonna try to grain them in the barn, but boot them back out to graze. So we're not feeding so much hay. And we'll see how well that goes. That might be a total nightmare. But I figure even if I don't use the dog, it wouldn't take very long for me just to step out the door and call those ewes, and they would have come running to the barn because they been trained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's you know you'd mentioned uh, you know preparation and kind of how we how we plan for that stuff and getting ready for it what are the keys or the big things you're doing to to get prepared uh for that lambing season well one of of the things is uh looking at my pasture maps to see can they really rather not have all those ewes clear at the other end of the farm and have to truck them all the way back you know, to the barn. So we're trying to trying to come up with a, a map, basically a route that we're going to graze so we can end up pretty close to the barn where we want to do that. We want to separate out those that second group from the first group. And we, it's much easier to just do that in the barn, run them through the handling system to separate them out. Um, the other thing is as soon as this uh, second group comes out of the barn, I got to go in and clean all those pens out get all that manure out of the way, give those pens a day or two just to dry up. We'll throw a little lime down, uh, not a lot, but just a little hydrated lime, and uh, get those pens all batted up and ready to go again. And then go through all the jugs, make sure they're all good and secure and ready to go. And then uh, we'll go back through and just start checking our regular supplies, You know, make sure we've got a, a tube feeder that's that's all the main thing is make sure it has a tube with it. Right. That's the big, the big thing. Yeah. Now I'm going <laughs> to, it'll, I know it'll lead into a, a tangent here and that's okay. But you'd mentioned your grazing maps app. 
Yeah. What what's it what's the official title? And then is that a free app paid service? And do you mind giving I've seen you use it. And so when I when I saw it, uh, I was like, man, I need if anybody's doing rotational grazing, it is a tool that I think could be very useful that certainly trumps my pen and paper method that I'm currently using. Uh, but do you mind sharing about that for just a minute? Yeah, I use a company called Pasture Map, and there is a free version of it, but it didn't do very much, as I recall. And um, I can't remember. There's like an animal limit or something like that for the free version. And then I moved up to the the lowest tier that you pay for. It's $200 a year for that. And it's supposed to be a hundred animal limit, but they, I talked to the gal and I'm like, look, a hundred cows versus a hundred sheep are, you know, two totally different things. And she completely agreed and said, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll give you like a limit of like 500 sheep. Mm. Which I still didn't think was quite fair, but that's okay. I'd probably never be over 500 sheep, but, but um, yeah, I went in and, and drew all my pastures. It has a, a GPS thing where you can kind of stand at the corner of each one of your pastures and make a mark and go to the next corner and make a mark, and and it will draw out your pastures for you. Um, and then the biggest thing I use it for is to it's, – it's just – well, it, it's just this overview of your farm, and you can look and see every individual pasture. And I keep uh, the rest days up on it all the time. There's uh, there's different layers. There's different things you can put on there. You, you can have how many days you graze each pasture, if that's what you wanted to do. But I like looking at the, the rest periods because I can look at the rest periods and decide what pasture I want to go to next. Mm-hmm. And uh, I probably use it backwards than most people do, but. It'll calculate how much forage you've taken off based on the animal weight. If you keep all those numbers up to date, I'm not that interested in, or worried about that part of it. But for me, so is there an area to plug in some some forage height when entering oh yeah. that pasture, and then yeah, you can go in there and put in before you go into a pasture. You can put in what you estimate to be the amount of forage there, and then how much forage you want to take off. And then how many animals you're going to put in there and what percentage. Um, I think I use like three and a half percent of body weight on those ewes. And it will then tell you about how many days you could be in there. If you want to take all the forage or, or uh, you know, 75% of the forage or 50% of the forage. But it's, it just, it'll calculate that all out for you, but. It's not that's not part of the tool that I use. I'd rather be out there looking at it and adjusting my size of the paddocks for the day based on what I'm seeing as opposed to what some computer program's telling me. And that's obviously been the best app that you've found for what you're doing. Yeah. The other one that's out there is at Maya Grazing. Um, it was really set up for like Australia and there mm-hmm. every webinar you ever look at all they talk about is you need to know when you need to destock. And that's what their whole program's about is telling you 60 to 90 days ahead of time when you need to destock. 
because mm-hmm. apparently in Australia people destock quite often. <laughs> yeah, I mean they have the numbers to, route. to play around with it. Yeah. yeah. So and I thought they were a little more pricey and a little harder to use. But the faster so far the faster map people have been really good. Now they're they've gotten into they want to sell carbon, I guess. So I think now they've they've changed the name of their overall company to grassroots carbon or something. But they're only interested in working with you. You've got like 500 acres. Right. Okay. <laughs> Somebody small like me with 80 acres, they, they're not too interested. But Gotcha. But uh, yeah, so that, again, I knew it was going to lead into a, a discussion, but um, have been out there and have seen you use it when we're, we're walking around the field and you're like, well, let me look how many days of rest is out here. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, everybody would ask before, and I have all these papers and notebooks, and I'd have to be flipping through. And sometimes I write things down, and I wouldn't put a date on them. And I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" You know. And you, you go back through, and and you have it all figured out. You know, two weeks ago it was 26 days, and now how many? Now you're sitting there counting on your fingers trying to add that into whatever you know what you have now. But with uh, with that app, and um, so I use it on my computer as well. And I just sync the app to the computer all the time. And do you think it's easy enough with all of the new fence you're adding in? Is it going to be easy enough to change your paddocks and then still keep information from previous years? Yeah, I went through and did that already. Um, so basically, I just took those pastures and then cut them in half. And so I went from okay. like 23 pastures to, I think it was. Ended up being like 36 because not all those pastures got cut in half. And, um, you know, we're still able to retain all that that information and so on. The biggest thing with that app is they you need to set up like a calendar year um, when you want to start your grazing. And because we never stop grazing, it just seems weird to start it over. Right. Because it'll take all your rest days back to zero. And then, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it starts over again because it's a new calendar. Yep, yep. I tend, to just, I tend to just let mine go. Now, the problem with that is that um, when you go to make a move, it will it will show you every move you've made in that calendar year. Well, mine's a scribbled mess because it's you know, got several years of info on there, and you can limit it to just the last five moves, which I tend to do, but I don't necessarily need to, to know that information too often because I'm just using the rest days more than anything else. Okay. That's the biggest function that you find useful. In yeah, because just at a glance, I know, you know, if I want to stay in that, you know, 75 to 90 day window uh, and I'm starting to get a little antsy on forage, um, I can kind of look there and say, well, I can start working them back so I can get them down to this pasture kind of a thing. Well, especially at like 75 days, but because by the time you get to the end of your, the end of your line, you're probably yeah. working closer to 90, depending on when, when you left, but. Yeah. So that's, like I say, I just can kind of glance at that and kind of know what I need to do and where I need to go kind of a deal. Um, so I'm looking at that and saying, okay, so if I skip this pasture, and I've been in this other pasture about a week. It took me to get across that. 
So it's a visual aid that I can sit down and kind of figure out when I need where I need to move sheep next to get them down to the barn on that January 10th or January 15th date that we can separate them out, put the other group back out, and uh, start working to grain this uh, this early group, right for, for lambing. Yeah. So anyway, back to <laughs> back to getting ready for lambing. And yeah. I should ask with that app. I, when you break it down per you, it's not a lot of money. And I no. get that. But it doesn't do any other animal management. Um, it, it can. You can go in and you can assign. Like I, I put mine, I just put mine in groups. Um, so that this group's out there now. I think there's 63 in there. So I put in that there's 63 animals. You could put in 63 individual ear tags numbers if you wanted to. You could put down okay. the individual weights of all the of those animals. Um, with lambs, well, I guess with ewes too, but you could take a group of lambs, put them in there, put the average weight. Uh, when you weigh them again, you could put that average weight in. It'll calculate your average daily gain. It'll do a lot of that if you want to take the time to do it. Okay, um, so if I was grazing some lambs, though, yes, it could be beneficial to put in those weights, and it would actually provide some calculations on growth. right. Yeah, you could put in your individual lamb weights if you wanted to. Um, it's just that that's just a lot of data input that I don't want to do. Uh, and I haven't, I haven't pulled around. You can, there is a, an option. I'm pretty sure because it's a CSV file, so that's an Excel file. That you could uh, you could upload an Excel file into it. Okay, and it okay. would populate all that. I just haven't I just haven't pulled with it because everybody knows how good I am at Excel. Right, right. I'm really bad at Excel. <laughs> but, but I'm in the market for a new PC laptop. So um, that's one of my goals this winter is to become better at Excel. To master Excel. Well, I don't know whether I'll master it, but I'll. It wouldn't take much to become better at it. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really horrible at it now. But I need to start learning how to use some of it because I, I do see the benefits to using that. Nice. So nice. That's, that's pretty much what we're looking to do to kind of get ready for lambing. Just make sure we've got, you know, iodine spray on hand. Um, I think we're going to order in some Bozy. Okay have that on hand there's an awful lot of people use it yep and I yeah, something we ran into some white muscle and and we could probably go back and reevaluate whether there's a need for it um but ran into some white muscle issue when we were it first started with sheep so a little little while ago and you know worked with the veterinarian to discuss what our preventative measures should be and uh, i believe it was like a quarter cc per lamb maybe maybe even a half cc per lamb so we're not giving a whole bunch that bottle lasts quite a quite a while and it's something we still we've had that discussion we continue to mm -hmm. to provide that um and, and we'll go through our antibiotics as well i know most of our antibiotics are way out of date Okay, right. So, you know, Just and then like, start over. Yeah, we'll have to get rid of those and start over again. Um, yeah. Are there any that 
again, not not trying to have a, a bet discussion here, which now that we're talking about it, might not be a bad yeah. Might not be a bad idea to have a guest speaker on here with some just veterinary advice on what what they would tell you to have in that medicine cabinet during lambing season. But mm-hmm. um, is there anything that you just you always make sure to have during lambing season? Well, to I think it's a bit use. I think it's just a bit of hit and miss because I don't. I'm not a veterinarian. Um, okay. Just always try to have some LA two hundred. And uh, then the last couple of years, we've had some new floor. I don't know if we ever really needed the new floor, but, you know, you, you hit a point where you've got a, a you that's really sick. You kind of tend to throw the kitchen sink at her. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's I, – I understand the thought process. And you'd really like to <laughs> like to save her and get her going so she has – you know, starts feeding those lambs and really taking care of those lambs. Yeah, you, you'd like to know, you'd like to be able to say, well, this is what's wrong with her and this is what will fix her. But, you know, I don't have that knowledge most of the time. So it's kind of throwing the kitchen sink at her. The other thing we keep on hand is um, corn syrup. Mm. Only okay. because we ran into that one you that had the toxemia every year. Two, yep, two years in a row. And that's what we used to bring her around the first year. Um, and we started into that the, the second year, but she didn't make it the second year. And so in, in using that, I bought a great big giant like turkey baster kind of a thing that had a great big end on it because that <laughs> corn syrup is hard to spurt through anything. It is so thick. <laughs> so it's yeah. like... Uh, I guess it's like a regular syringe. It's just huge. Then I cut the top off, or the yeah, the point off, to make it even bigger, so I could get that Cairo syrup in the back. Yeah, I think what you had mentioned, the iodine, uh, had a discussion. Producers fall lambing, and they had called. They had a question about yeah, a you and. Like, well, to be honest, I'd just go out and sleeve her and just see if, see what else is in there, if there is anything else. And they're like, well, I have some rubber gloves. And it's like, well, that's, I I guess you could like scrub, you know, do like a, a operating room, yeah. pre-wash situation. I don't necessarily want to do that, but um, you, just being prepared, having OB gloves on hand because you're with the hopes that we don't use them. Uh, but when we do need them, they're really nice to have, you know, I don't have to put my bare arm in somewhere that and I, I shouldn't be doing it from a, yeah. from a human health standpoint, from a, um, just a, a sterile, trying to keep an environment sterile and clean. So we don't run into some uterine infection or some metritis and, that's important. So that's kind of where I like to start is like at that lambing. So like that BOCI um, is an early 24 hour situation of sleeping that you and that sleeve. I don't want to say it's useless, but we can cut down on some of the, the physical trauma caused by sleeving a you. If we have a, a, an issue with dystocia or a, a lambing difficulty. Well, then, 
with that are you going to use uh, some kind of a soap for lubrication for that sleeve, or what are you going to use? No soap, just a general lubrication. Okay. Um, and we go ahead and buy the the gallon jug, put the pump on it, and it's sitting right there. I know, like, if I'm going in to sleeve a U, um, sleeves are right there. They stay in the box and covered up. Um, and that was something, you know, my internship in the – um oh and that five thousand head sow unit. Yeah. When we were on Fairway, I remember we had a meeting. This is something that just stuck with me all these years. The most of these sleeves, if you buy a box of a hundred, they come in a box and they have a flap that will then shut. Uh-huh. And the that cardboard flap, just like on our box of cereal or you know, box of food, whatever's in the pantry. If we don't, if we don't open it quite right, it rips off and then it won't close anymore. Well, the managing individual of that farrowing unit uh, had noticed that these boxes were missing a lot of these cardboard flaps. Yeah. And in turn, you'd see sleeves on top that had dust on them. Yeah. Well, again, we know they're not sterile. Yeah. But we're trying to keep them as clean as possible because we're taking stuff from outside and putting it inside, uh, in this situation, the sow. Uh, but it's something, for me, we keep them in a, in a cupboard. We don't just let them set out. Keep them in a cupboard. Keep them covered up. Um, and then lube's right there so we can grab a sleeve. Usually throw on um, a pair of rubber gloves along with that. And then... If I have to go back in for lamb number, say, two or three, um, I'll actually usually get that lamb out, get them going, cleaned off. I'll usually swap that sleeve out to try to keep things, again, as, as clean as possible. But um, so, so your gallon jug of lube, how does it do when it's zero degrees outside? It's fine. Do you have an issue with it? Yeah, it's, it's pretty... Um, fluid. I I mean, it is not. It's not a. I wouldn't call it a jelly, like a petroleum jelly type consistency. Uh, it's much more fluid to the point that you really have to cup. Really have to cup your hand to hold it because it won't just like stick on okay. your hand. And I think that's the value of the gallon because we've used some. Um, when we didn't didn't used to have very many sheep, and hopefully. It'd be my goal. I didn't have to assist very often, and we don't assist a lot. But um, I think we've had the same gallon jug for two years, and yeah. it's a quarter of the way gone. But the reason uh, I ask is, uh, oh, I don't think it was last year. I think I was a little smarter last year, but I think the year before, a lamb would be born. I grab that lamb, go to put her and mama in a jug, and uh, I go to spray that navel in my iodine and be frozen solid. <laughs> oh yeah yeah and that's it like i have to run the iodine up the house and put yeah. it in warm water to try to get it to thaw and, and yeah we usually keep our iodine inside yeah um, i finally got smart and just brought it in with me and every time i walked out the barn i carried my little iodine bottle and yeah well we're coming yeah. up on our time here 
And uh, I feel like we didn't cover much, but it was a good discussion, and and maybe we need to have a part two on. on I feel like we just started talking about what we're. I know what we're looking at to get to get ready for lambing season. Um, I know, but as we had mentioned, we've got time, so we've got plenty of time to put it off and put that put that online order or run to the store to get the stuff. Yeah, I think and, you just, I think you need to sit down and make yourself a list. And just try to cover all your bases. Try to think of everything you might possibly need. Yeah. Uh, just try to get all that stuff ordered at the same time. And you end up like me. Uh, you go to Premier One, and I think it's a hundred dollars. You get free shipping, and so you're hunting and hunting and hunting to try to find, uh, you know, that last eighteen dollars <laughs> so you get the free shipping. And yep. then if you hit send, and you go to the barn, like, ah, oh, I meant to order this too. Yeah. Now, the next thing is. What yep. I mean, OB sleeves don't go bad. Yeah. So true. if I need that extra $18, which I couldn't tell you the last time I spent yeah. less than $100 at Premier, but that's the frustrating thing. Yeah, it's usually, I know. You need a long, a laundry list of stuff, but just throwing in that those items that have a long shelf life and, and you say, well, we're going to use them at some point, yep. but you have to make sure you keep them somewhere you remember you have them. That's too. true. <laughs> So, all right. Well, we thank you for listening to another episode of the Grazing Sheep Podcast. And uh, if you want to reach out to us, uh, you can do that by emailing me at bigtomperkinsgmail.com. There's a Facebook page you can go like and follow. Uh, you can leave some comments there as well if you'd like to. So, it's been good catching up with you, Cam. And uh, I know it's just two days away from Thanksgiving. You I'm know, getting ready. I'm getting ready, too. I, I'm only uh, eating saltines for the next 48 hours. Well, I am eating a lot. I'm just trying to stretch my stomach so I can oh, hold maybe, more. Maybe that's the route I need to go. <laughs> that's good. So, that's been good talking to you, buddy. I'll, we'll catch up with you later. Sounds good, Tom. Have a good time. Right. Bye.